I am Carrie Nichols, and this is The 10-Minute Therapist, Episode 17, Negative Self-Talk. This podcast delivers tips, tools, and resources to improve your mental health in daily, manageable doses. My name is Carrie Nichols, and I am The 10-Minute Therapist. Welcome back, friends. As I'm figuring out my rhythm for how often I'm going to record podcasts and when to release them, I'm grateful for your patience. I hope you're finding information that is useful and applicable. Uh, Today's topic is going to be on negative self-talk. I'm going to answer questions like, what is negative self-talk? Where does it come from? And I'm going to provide you with two key strategies for managing that negative self-talk when it does surface for you. First, what is it? Well, it's the negative voice in your head that tears you down, beats you up, focuses on your mistakes or shortcomings, and slowly chips away at your sense of self-worth, self-esteem, and self-confidence. It can be a powerful, damaging force, so I absolutely think it's essential to give you some tools on how to process it when it comes up. Where does it come from? That's a very complicated question with many possible answers. My short answer is this. It's probably a combination of a predisposition to being hard on oneself, coupled with experiences that have exacerbated that tendency. Maybe those are experiences that we had in our younger years, like parents or caregivers, friends, peers, classmates. They made unkind comments. They didn't cut us some slack when we made a mistake. They were hard on us when we did something wrong. Uh, Those external voices can become our inner voice over time. Or maybe those were experiences at times when we failed, struggled, made mistakes, or fell short, and we linked those experiences with negative thoughts about ourselves, and those thoughts went unchallenged by ourselves or people around us. Whatever the case may be, our brains are very good at making connections. We start connecting stimulus and response. In this case, the stimulus is some sort of experience and the response is negative self-talk. This can become so instantaneous that we call those automatic negative thoughts. It can be extremely difficult to rewire our brains to disconnect our experiences from negative self-talk. The good news is the brain is highly adaptable. Change is possible, but you do need the right tools. As I've mentioned before, I'm a big believer in pulling from a number of different therapeutic modalities when I'm working with my clients. I think a good therapist has a lot of tools in their belt. The idea being if one method doesn't work with a particular client, I've always got something else that can try. When you are working with negative self-talk, I lean towards cognitive behavioral therapy or mindful self-compassion. I want you to listen, try both of them, and see which one resonates with you the best. Today, I'll explain both of them to you. I'll give you experiences you can use for each method, exercises that you can try. I'll provide you with a couple examples, and hopefully you'll forgive me for using a personal example. Uh, Negative self-talk is something I am intimately familiar with. If you are utilizing cognitive strategies, the key idea is that our thoughts impact our feelings. In this case, our negative thoughts about ourself will create negative feelings about self. In order to change our feelings, we have to change our thoughts. A A simple strategy that you could try is the basic two-column approach. So you take out a piece of paper, you draw a line down the middle. On the left-hand side of the paper, you write out your negative thoughts. On the right-hand side, you challenge those thoughts. It's essential that you provide evidence to support that right-hand column, as your mind will want to dismiss these positive thoughts as untrue or, for some reason, not valid. 
If you're using mindful self-compassion, you might remember from a previous podcast, there are three key elements. One, mindfulness. Two, common humanity. And three, self-kindness. So I'm going to take a couple of examples, one for myself, one for my client. I'm going to use these two approaches and I kind of want to walk through them with you. Okay, so the other day I was driving and I got hit by a wave of insecurity. And my ne- my negative self-talk kicks in, right? And if I were using a cognitive approach, I would want to identify the thought. And in that case, the thought was, people don't like me. And the feeling was fear, sadness, depression, right? So I want to take that negative thought, people don't like me and I want to challenge it. I want to, you know, list out reasons why people might like me or list people who do like me or people who have said nice things to me. Um, Maybe people have said, you know, I love you. You're so great. You're a wonderful friend, a wonderful human being. I'm so lucky to know someone like you. My problem with cognitive work, and this is just my limitation, I am really good at dismissing that. Maybe my mom said I'm beautiful because she's mom, right? And mom has to say all the nice things. Or my friend Sally said that she loves me, but maybe Sally was just being nice because she wanted to hurt my feelings. Or maybe my friend Joe um used to hang out with me and I really thought that that he liked me, but I haven't talked to Joe in 10 years. So maybe in the end, he really didn't like me. So I'm really good at dismissing cognitive stuff. You might, you might, this might work for you, but I want you to know that it could be a potential limitation. Some people, some people struggle with that. Um, same scenario, if I'm using mindful self-compassion, which I did do in this case because I know myself and I know that self-compassion is just better for me. Um, I would use mindfulness, common humanity, and self-kindness. So I said to myself, ouch, this hurts. This is a moment of pain. This is a moment of insecurity for me. Um, I put my hand on my heart. It's one of those self-soothing things. If you read in Kristen Neff's workbook, I will credit this exercise is is straight out of her workbook. She talks about using soothing self-touch and she gives suggestions for things that might work for you. I place my hand on my heart. It feels comforting to me. So I place my hand on my heart and I said, ouch, this is a moment of insecurity. This is a moment of self-doubt. This is a moment of fear, of sadness. You are not alone. Other people feel this feeling as well. You're not the only one going through this. You're not the only one who's experienced this. And then you send yourself loving kindness. So these phrases can feel a little unnatural, but I just wanted to explain, you know, what what that might sound like. You're saying, may I feel or may I receive something? So in my case, I needed to feel peace. I needed to feel love. I needed to feel belonging. I needed to feel reassurance. You, instead of an affirmation, which is, I am beautiful, you're saying, may I feel enough may I feel peace may I feel strength may I feel patience and it's a little it's a little different I think that it it um it's harder to just dismiss for me personally um I want to take another example of a client that I was working with and she was experiencing some guilt over feeling like she hadn't been doing a good enough job as a caregiver so if she were coming in utilizing the cognitive approach, right? So the the two-column approach, 
her thought would be, I'm not, I'm not doing enough. I'm, I'm a bad caregiver. And in the right-hand column, she would refute that. She would challenge that thought. She would say, no, I am a great caregiver. Here are all of the things that I've done. And realistically, this is more than many, many, many people do who are caregivers. So I am, I am giving my best. I am trying hard, right? Or she could utilize self-compassion and she could say, this is a moment of self-doubt. This is a moment of insecurity, I'm not alone in this. Other people have been in my shoes and felt these feelings. May I feel confident. May I feel reassured. May I feel peace. May I feel strength, right? So self-compassion is, it's different. Instead of challenging the thought, you're noticing the thought. When I'm doing that, when I'm utilizing mindful self-compassion, I also pay attention to my thoughts, my feelings, and my physical sensations, right? Because that's what mindfulness is. So I'm noticing the thought uh, that that people don't like me. I'm noticing the feelings that come, the wave of sadness. It feels it feels like a wave that that why washes over me I'm noticing the physical symptoms for me I get a pit in my stomach I feel nauseous my heart sinks um I feel heavy in my chest these are things that I notice right and because of that I usually want to withdraw I want to I want to run away and hide but when you utilize mindful self-compassion You feel the wave come and retreat. It washes over you, but it dissipates. And you do. You feel peace and you feel calm. And I was able to notice a difference in my physical body through doing this exercise. So that's it for today. I just, I hope that that wasn't too personal for you. I hope it's okay for me to share some personal experiences. Um... Try using both approaches. I'm so curious to know what works for you. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and I hope you have a great day. Take care. Thanks for listening to The 10-Minute Therapist. If you found today's episode helpful, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, you can always reach out to me on Instagram with ideas for upcoming topics. Until next time.